Morning, everyone. Hope you're doing okay. I just want to let you know, uh, first service, we recognized uh, our graduates. Man, there was a ton, ton of graduates. Uh, how many? You know how many? Twelve? That's a lot. Uh, so let's give them a hand and, um, yeah, big accomplishment. I don't, I don't think there's any graduates in this service, but if we missed anybody, please forgive us and let us know. We want to make sure we recognize everyone that we can. Big, big accomplishment. Uh, it's good to celebrate that. Uh, what I want to do today is uh, sort of a mid-year type message. Um, I think it's good for us to kind of get together and to, not, not necessarily a state of the union, right? That sounds pretty fancy and boring, but... Um, Looking back, right, looking back on some things, but at the same time, sort of looking ahead and anticipating what God has in store for us. So I want to revisit some important things, but man, I want to look to the future with hope, right, and excitement about what God's going to do. You know, I don't have to tell you, it's been a difficult year for all of us. Uh, it's been a difficult year for, for many, you know, on top of the pandemic. Maybe you just, maybe you just had a terrible year. Maybe you had some things and tragedies go on in your life um, but here's the thing I know God has blessed us tremendously in spite of all that he really has he's been with us the whole time he's never left us and so um, you know I want to celebrate this morning with you God's blessings and next week we'll also be celebrating too you know um, I look forward to getting back to a new normal don't you I know all of us do. Uh, this morning we came in and uh, ripped these these things up off the ground. Man, that felt so good. <laughs> Just to rip it off like waxing, right? You know, hadn't done that since college, but um, you know, we we we've been so kind of it's been out there in front of us. This getting back to normal. This this waiting, this anticipation just to kind of get back to the thing, the way things used to be, and that's good. Um, but here's what I want to tell you. Um, we can never go back to normal, right? Uh, we can never, ever be normal. Um, normalcy really shouldn't be something we look forward to and try to become as a Christian, right? Um, you're not normal. You're strange, by the way. You're, <laughs> Peter calls you an alien, right? And he's, he refers to himself. You know, this, this place really isn't our home. We're, we've got one foot here and one foot in heaven. So it's going to be weird. There's, there's no such thing as normal to you and me. Um, when we look at Jesus, Jesus, Jesus came and the world didn't accept him. Why? Because he was not normal. He was not like everybody else. And um, when when we place our faith in him and you call your, we call ourselves Christians, we that term means little Christs. So indeed we are not normal and God doesn't want us to be. He wants us to be like Jesus. He wants us to stand out, right? And so uh, we want to look more like Christ, and I want to revisit our mission this morning. A while back, I kept thinking, you know, what can our mission be? Obviously, our mission is rooted in the Bible. It's rooted in the Great Commission. Um, 
and I, I believe that not every business or organization has to have a mission statement, right? I mean, um, but I believe the Lord has given us one. And I, I believe this statement here sort of honors what Community Heights has traditionally and historically done in the past while also kind of beckoning us to keep moving forward, right? And so building a community of Christ followers until the Lord returns. I feel like that's a good mission statement for who we are what we're doing, and what we want to keep doing. First of all, building. I mean, that's that's active, right? That's in the present future tense. I don't know. could be wrong there. But the point is, is that you're doing it now, and you're going to continue doing it. Um, we're building. We're working. We're active. And we're building a community. And it's about other people, you know, about the world. Jesus died for the world. He died for everybody in it. And we want to make sure that we don't become self-absorbed, right? We want to make sure that we are focused on building the Christ kingdom and not our own. So we're building a community of Christ followers. Now, you know, Christ just didn't ask for fans, right? He wasn't concerned with his own popularity at all. He didn't just want to be liked. He wanted to be loved. He wanted to be followed. And scripture teaches us that. And so we are committing ourselves as a church to helping people to follow Christ. And that's what we want to do. And how long are we going to do that? We're not going to stop. We're not going to stop until the Lord returns. You know, Bob and the praise team, they did the song, Oh Glorious Day. Hey, one day he's coming. Um, one day the Lord will return. And may we look forward to that. But here's the thing. May we be about the Lord's business, okay? I want us to look forward to that, not necessarily being afraid of that day, but I want you to be a little bit, bit afraid, okay? Because, look, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's just not reverent fear. Oh, esteemed fear. No, I mean, God is God, right? And one day he is coming, and when he comes back, man, I want you and I and us to be found doing his work, right? Um, we're going to do that until the Lord returns. So we are focused on discipleship here at Community Heights and showing the love of Jesus to our community. Well, what does a Christ follower look like, right? We need to know that, not only for you, but as we help others, as we share our faith with others, they may ask you, what does it look like? You know, They may, they may not know. They may have never grew up in church or went to church or read a Bible or anything like that. What does a Christ follower do? And so a while back, we spent a lot of time sort of thinking and praying through um, uh, something called the journey is what we felt like we needed to call it because that's what following Jesus is. It's not a, uh, not a decision you made at a, ri- a revival 20 years ago, and um, that's it. But it's a lifelong journey. It's a, it's a commitment. You are literally laying down your life the rest of your life, all of your life, to following Jesus. All of your baggage, all of your weaknesses, every mess up, every mistake, we all are imperfect, right? And But we're working through that, knowing that we are laying our life down for the Lord. And so um, we felt like we needed to have sort of a strategy of what a Christ follower looks like. And this is for us to share with others, right? We want to be able to share others the journey of following Jesus, but it's also for you. Um, 
personally, to gauge your life, because the truth is we all, um, you know, have improvements that we can make along the journey. We all have uh, areas where we can uh, grow closer to the Lord, but the journey starts with Jesus. We have to start there. We have to start there. The Son of God, Jesus came, and um, he invited people to follow him. He didn't say, you know, just come watch me, come see me perform, right? He said, no, come follow me, walk behind me, learn from me, do what I do, say what I say, act how I act, right? The journey starts with him. John 14, 6 says this, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, the popular view today is there are many ways to God. I'll be in heaven one day. I think I've done more good than bad. That is, that is the overwhelmingly popular view amongst, uh, especially in America, but also in the world. This idea of um, universalism, where everyone will go to some sort of heaven. Well, there's a problem with that. That's not what the scripture says. That's definitely not what Jesus says. He says, I am the, the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In other words, there's no life apart from him. There's no way apart from him, right? Um, a couple of weeks ago, well, actually last week, I talked about Jesus being the gate, right? And there are two gates in life, one small and one wide. And, and the small gate leads to life, and the large gate leads to destruction. Jesus is the gate. It starts with him, and you might say or you might be asked why, why? Well, John 3, 3 says this. He was talking with um, a guy named Nicodemus, very smart guy, and he didn't understand it either. You know, he was, you'll, you'll encounter people like that. Um, Jesus told him this, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That's where we get that term born again, right? Born again believer, born again Christian. You know, we've all heard that. Um, there's a lot of sin in the world right now. <laughs> there always has been. Um, we are all sinners. And sometimes it's hard for you and me and others to see that. There's a lot uh, in the news and on social media and a lot of talk about sexuality, homosexuality, right, transgenderism, and all this stuff. And we need to be careful there, not to judge. We, we did a sermon on judging a few weeks ago. Um, but we also need to understand this, and I've heard this a lot. Well, you know, I'll, I'm born this way, right? We hear that argument a lot. And I, 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 at first I thought, no, you're not, right? But the point I'm trying to make is, yes, we are. We are all, all born into sin we all inherit that right so we're, we're all born sinners that's why jesus said you need to be born again born again right um he would go on to say in, in verse five of this that unless you are born of water and of spirit you will not enter the kingdom of heaven and that's a weird verse isn't it um it's not talking about baptism by the way but when a woman has a baby, what breaks? 
And she goes, oh, go, I got to go to the hospital for water, right? Water, we are all, that just simply talks about, and he goes on to say flesh is, is born from flesh and spirit from spirit. When Jesus says you need to be born of the water and of the spirit, he's saying, look, it's not enough just to be born of the water. Nobody enters the kingdom of heaven unless you're born of water and of spirit. And the only way you can be born of spirit is through Jesus Christ, through him. The journey starts with Jesus, believing that he is the son of God. You might not understand it. As a matter of fact, you will not understand it. You will never understand it. Don't try to. Don't try to. Just believe in it. Just let it touch your heart. Believe that he is the son of God. Trust in what he did on the cross for you and me and the entire world. Died for the sin of the world. And you believe that he raised from the grave to give you new life. And that's where the journey begins with him. New life for you through Jesus. After that, the first step after uh, Jesus is to gather together. Now, we wanted to make these sort of memorable and as easy as possible to understand. But the Bible is pretty clear about God's people gathering together. You cannot miss it if you read through the Bible. And as a matter of fact, in eternity, God's people will be gathered together. So when we gather, we are doing what God wants us to do. And for us, we need to be with other followers of Jesus to worship and to celebrate the Lord. Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Now, some of us just need to stop right there and just meditate on that for a minute, maybe for a day or a week. Sometimes that message of Jesus and his love and grace just kind of makes it to our head and not to our heart, you know? And, uh, man, we need to let that soak in. God loves you. He loves you. It's rich. Let it dwell among you as you teach and admonish. Notice this, one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Is that where you're at today? Like, is that message of Jesus just wrecked you and, you know, amazed you and you have this thankfulness and gratitude inside of you and that's why you're here? Kind of convicting, isn't it? For, for all of us, you know, we gather because of Christ and our love for him. Look, I hope you like me, right? But I don't want you to come because of me. Um, we, you shouldn't be here because of any person. You shouldn't be here because of any pastor. We don't come here... I hear people going here and going there and listening to that person speak, oh, I love him or I love her or I got to hear this. And they get all wrapped up in the person. We're not here for a worship leader to hear them. Man, if you're here for that, you're here for the wrong reason. We're here for one person, and that is Jesus. And it doesn't matter how well the person speaks, how good they look, how nice they dress, how warm they make you feel all about Jesus and when we are here for him and him alone that's power that's purpose that's the reason that we gather together notice this Psalm 34 3 glorify the Lord with me 
let us exalt his name together. Imagine, imagine feeling that way. Hey, I, I don't want to do this by myself. Let's do this together. Let's get together and let's, let's worship the Lord. Let's exalt the Lord, which means to lift high. It literally means to the highest height. I'm, I'm going to come together and we're going to lift Jesus to the highest height in our hearts this morning. I know we're looking forward to fried chicken in a little bit, right? And butter beans and all that stuff. Or maybe we got something to do a little bit later. Hey, when we're in here, there's nothing higher than Jesus. That's it. That's, that's why we are together, to lift him to the highest place. Psalm 107, 32 says, Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Look, folks, it's, a, it's important that you make the gathering important. Man, I, I, you may be like me and like listening to you know, Christian music driving down the road. And you can worship like that. I can too but it does not take the place of this. It does not take the place of gathering. One day, you and I will be in a place where we won't be able to be here. We'll be in a bed somewhere, and we'll be longing to be here. Do you understand that? We don't need to take that for granted. Man, we need to be together to worship and exalt Jesus. Look, uh, next Sunday, a big Sunday for us, we're going to go back to one service. Been waiting on this a long time. We planned, we had this uh, on our minds, right? I don't know if you remember months ago, we had planned on going to one service next week. And it just so happened that, you know, the restrictions were, that's just weird. It's like a God thing. But I'm so excited about this, going back to one service at 10 o'clock. And, um, you know, we're going to put more chairs in here. And we're going to have an overflow section over here with a live feed to this screen uh, over there. For those of you that still want to, you know, distance yourself, we don't, we, just, we don't want to judge anybody. If you still feel like you need to practice those guidelines, feel free. The point is, we don't need two services. I hope and pray that one day the Lord will fill this place up, and we need two services, three services, who knows, four. But right now, we don't. And I just, I so look forward to getting everybody together and worshiping the Lord. We also will be doing just a morning of worship next week. We'll sing more songs and we'll do communion together to honor the Lord Jesus and what he did for us. That evening starts VBS, a big celebration. Next Sunday is just going to be huge, by the way. VBS starts that night. Thankful for those of you that have signed up to help. Um, and we're excited about, you know, giving the kids just something to do, some fun to have, and to hear about God. But here's the thing. At 4.30, we are going to have a church-wide cookout. We haven't done this in over a year. You realize that? I am so looking forward to this. I want to invite you to come out at 4.30. We're just going to cook out, grill out, have lots of meat and good stuff and all-beef hot dogs. And just want you to be a part of that to celebrate with us. That's next week. We gather. That's important in the journey. Next is we grow. We grow. You know, it's not enough just to have a faith in Jesus, you know, just once, to, to profess him as your Savior just once, right? Um, to make a decision and leave it there. It, God wants us to grow. He wants us to grow in our faith, to 
mature, right? And unlike the graduates that we celebrated today, none of us graduate from this. It's a lifelong commitment to growing and learning. Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Does anybody else find that strange that Jesus grew? I've always struggled with this, and I finally just left it alone. God, I don't understand this, but okay. You know, and Jesus grew, and, and not only physically, right? We know he was born a baby and kind of grew up, but he grew in, in wisdom, and he had to learn things, right? Um, he had to grow. And if we want to follow Jesus, we have to know that we need to grow too. Do you know what a disciple is? Disciple literally means student. Student. And when we think of students, we think of little kids, don't we? Like kindergartners, first graders, second graders, high schoolers, right? Nah. In this culture, man, there were students that were old, right? They had rabbis, and the rabbis were younger than them, and the students were old, right? That's what we are. We are, Jesus is our rabbi. We are his students. We are his disciples. We need to be growing and learning all the time. In other words, if you got saved 10 years ago, you need to be more mature than you were 10 years ago in Christ. If you got saved last year, there needs to be some maturity there, some growth. Matthew eleven twenty eight. all of us know this section of scripture, but none of us really pay attention to one phrase in it. Listen to this, it's not on the screen. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You heard that? beautiful section of scripture but we don't really focus on this part take my yoke upon you and learn from me hey we like rest don't we but jesus wants us to learn to to rest in him and to learn from him you see when he talks about his yoke there when we when we come to him he takes the burden off of us he we are less distracted when we're closer to him and when we're closer to him we can learn from him the best. He wants us to learn. So spend time with the Lord. Spend time reading the Bible. I know I know how busy you are. Here's the thing. You're only going to get busier. So you have to make time to spend with the Lord. Read the Bible. Read scripture. Spend time in prayer. And I mean it. Spend time in prayer. It's... It's good to know, man, you can pray anytime, any place, in the car, wherever. But spend some time. Set some time apart. Sacrifice some time to spend in prayer. Chad's been working on uh, what we call a growth guide. And we've made that specifically for this reason. To take what you've learned today and to help you throughout the week to help you grow. Use that. Download it. Print it off. You know, you can do it in one day or you can do it throughout the week. But it's for you. It's to help you grow. Maybe you need to follow Jesus in baptism. Um, you know, when you look at Scripture, baptism was done immediately after you professed faith in Jesus. It's almost like God wants us to pay attention to that. You read all this immediately, 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 over and over and over again. That's, if that's you and you haven't done that yet, that's where your growth needs to begin, right there. You can't expect your faith to grow and, and God to be involved in your life 
in other places if you haven't done that yet. So follow Jesus in that and grow. The early church did this. It says that they were cut to the heart uh, through Peter's message, through the Spirit. And they were like, what do we do? Peter said, repent, be baptized. You know what? They were. They were. And it says this, um, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were devoted. Those in the early church were devoted to learning and growing in their faith. Look, I don't know about you, but I don't know it all. I don't want to act like that either. I just want to be real. I want to be genuine. I want to be a lifelong learner of Jesus. Right? I want, I want him to teach me. You know, they placed an emphasis not only on gathering together, but growing together. And I think that is so important for us as well. You know, I think it's good that you can read a book at home, listen to a podcast in your car, check out stuff on your iPad. I think you can learn that way. But look, you can also grow and learn by getting together. And I think you can learn so much better that way as well through connection. I know we've talked about being involved and being connected before. Um, it's important that you do that through small groups or whatever. It's just getting some people together and you're just having a conversation about life, about God, about Scripture, whatever it may be. You'd be surprised about how much you grow because it's not all about head knowledge, right? Sometimes the only way your heart will grow is when you start ministering to others and allowing them to minister to you. There's just something about it. Those of you that are involved with groups and others, you know what I'm talking about. You can't really explain it. But God takes you further along in your relationship with him when you are involved with others by the way, the growth guide is good for that too. You don't know what to talk about. You don't know what to do. Take the growth guide with you. Start a conversation. It's that simple. It's that simple. Next step on the journey is give. One of the best ways to grow is to give. I cannot overstate that. One of the best ways to grow is to give. Be a giver. Be a giver. God is a giver. And I'm so glad that he is. He's a giving God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He didn't hold anything back from you at all. Um, I like this Christian rock band, Cutlass. Um, they got a song that says, I give all of me to the God who gave it all. I thought that's so appropriate. Um, I surrender all that hymn that we all, you know, love. They did a spin on it, on that. But I give all of me to the God who gave it all. And it really is looking at life and your journey with that mindset. God, you gave your son Jesus for me, and I'm not going to hold back anything from you, whether it's my time, whether it's what I can do, my abilities, or whether it's my resources, God, it is yours. That's what it means to give. It is, you have somewhat control over what you do with what you got, right? Somewhat, right? Like you decide what you do. You decide what you say and where you, where you spend your resources. You do to a degree. 
giving is doing that and, and giving that, deciding to utilize what you have and who you are for the glory of God, and that's it. No other reason, no other purpose, all for his glory. Right. Serving is a great way to give when we serve because it's giving of your time. Time is precious, isn't it? Don't have enough of it. When you serve, you're sacrificing your time. You're also giving through your ability. When you serve others, ultimately you're serving the Lord. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. I love this scripture here because it links serving and giving. They are synonymous. You can't give without serving, and you cannot serve without giving. They're connected. If we want to be like Jesus, we need to give our lives to serving. You know, many of you serve here at CHC, and we're thankful for you. Many of you may not, and, uh, you, you know, you may be wondering what opportunities we have. Obviously, we have children's and nursery and youth. Every church in the world has that need, by the way, and you've heard that forever. But, uh, man, what an amazing opportunity that is to serve. And we're going to need help, especially if we go to one service. You know what that means? That means somebody watching kids is going to be missing the service. Think about the sacrifice that that takes. I don't know if you'd be willing to maybe help out and that way, you know, at least people can come in every now and then to be a part of the service. But there's people that are sacrificing their time to be with kids so that you could be here. I think that's great. That's an honor. That's a blessing. Maybe you could do that. Maybe you could hang out with youth and be youthful again, right? I tell you, that's where the fountain of youth is. <laughs> It'll make you feel young or old depending on what you do. I don't know. Um, but so next week, we're, we're trying to get some things back to normal. Maybe you could be a part of our welcome team. You know, be a smiling face. Be a person that somebody can go to if that's new, that don't know what in the world, where the bathrooms are, right? Or maybe you can help with coffee or greeting or information or whatnot. Maybe you can sing or play a musical instrument. I, can't, I cannot think of a better way to use that talent and to serve and sing for the Lord. I can't. I'm sure Bob would love to have you. We need help with audio-visual, right? And a lot of that stuff, you know you can do it, by the way. If you've got a smartphone or a tablet, um, we could use your help there too. Cleaning and maintenance. The Lord has blessed us with some facilities here, some amazing facilities. It all needs upkeep. It all needs improvements. Maybe you can't do any of that other stuff, or maybe you don't want to, and I understand that. I, I really do. But maybe every now and then you can come and, and help us keep this place looking great to honor the Lord, being good stewards of what we have here. So God wants you to give through serving, but he also wants you to give of your resources. In other words, we the truth is what you and I have is not really ours ultimately. It's God's. And we are just holding it. We are just managing it. We are simply just stewards of what he's given to us. And so God wants us to live open-handedly. And many of you are so faithful, so faithful, and I thank you for that. 
you may be here and, and, and haven't made it that far on the journey yet to where you're giving of your resources, right? What's holding you back? What's holding you back from doing that? Um, I got to tell you, you're missing out. You're missing out. Not only on growing, right, but on getting, on getting. Now, I'm not a prosperity preacher or teacher at all, okay? But the Bible clearly teaches that when you give, God gives. When you give, God gives. Did you hear me? When you give, God gives. The opposite of that is when you don't give, God don't give, okay? It's that simple. You may be wondering what's going on, and, and God, it seems like you're here and, and not here in my life, and maybe it's because you're not giving. When you give, God gives. That's not me. That's not Zach. That is Scripture. He blesses those who give. Look at Luke six thirty-eight. Here it is. Give, and it will be given to you, Right? Now, I don't know how this works out at all. I'm, this, I'm just reading scripture along with you. If you write a check for a certain amount or whatever, I, this is, I'm not saying that God gives you that same amount back, right? We don't need to say that. We don't need to believe that or teach that. But what it is saying is God gives back to you in the way that God wants to give back. I don't know how that is. And I'm not going to restrict God at all. I'm not going to limit him. You cannot outgive the one who gave you his one and only son. Give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So you see, you're not giving, you're missing. You're missing out on growing. You're missing out on getting that blessing from God. He uses what you give to bless others but he also turns around and blesses you in so many ways. You cannot outgive him. Just like my grandmother that I used to love going to your house, not just because I loved her, but because I loved her cooking. And every morning when I stayed, I was awakened or awoken, whichever grammar is right, go for it, um, by the smell of biscuits and gravy. Oh, man, it was great. And and when I, you know, when I would go there, you know, you know, how grandmas do. Like, it wasn't just centered in the plate; it was kind of heaping and kind of gravy dropping in the floor, and she didn't care. Hey, Amen. That's what God wants to do to your life when you go to Him and you stay with Him and you give to Him. He's going to put a helping on your plate that's going to spill in your lap like hot coffee from McDonald's driving down the road, and you're going to love every bit of it. But you got to give in order to get. That sounds strange for me to say, but thank the good Lord I'm counting on his word and not mine. Right? I'm not saying give to me. I'm not benefiting from this at all. This is for God and his glory and for you and your blessing. Okay. Yeah. Um, Pastor Chad talked a couple of weeks ago about a goal we had for backpacks for VBS. Remember that? Anybody remember the... Uh, number of kids we wanted to sponsor 20 and so $50 a backpack um, roughly a thousand bucks so I, as of today want to know where we're at 
$810. That's enough for 16 kids, okay? And VBS doesn't even start till next Sunday. <laughs> That's amazing. Let's give God a hand for that. Man, thank you for, for playing a part in that. So we're $200 short. I got a feeling we're going to get there. We're going to get there pretty easy. Man, thank you for that. Um, I know you've noticed the mess over here um, in the parking lot. To me, it's a beautiful mess, right? Because I know what's going there. Uh, we're, we're excited about this park and this playground area. It's going to be a place for not just us to enjoy and to fellowship with, with one another and our kids and our families. But look, um, just having something like that makes a statement. It says that we love each other, but it says we value the next generation. Um, that's important for us to, to display that type of image out into the community. I'm excited about that. And uh, be patient with me and with us as we walk through this, kind of just letting the Lord, the Lord is involved, I'm just telling you. I'll be sharing some information with you sooner rather than later, hopefully. But um, had an individual come up and say, you know, I just feel led to, to give a thousand bucks to this. I, I want to invest in the next generation. You know, maybe the Lord is asking you to do something too. Now, if I'm not, if you can't, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. But just think about what we can do together. If we have a lot of people sold out for the Lord, sold out for Jesus, who say, God, my life is not mine, but it's yours. My time, my talent, my resources, here you go, God. Imagine what God could do through us. Change the world, couldn't it? Definitely change our community. Man. Um, last step, and I'm going to close. Last step on the journey is go. Go. So many people make it right before here and just, you know, fizz out. But go. It's this idea that we are always on mission. Here in the Western Church, we've not done a good job with missions. We've paid people to go on mission trips, right? We call it supporting missionaries, which is good. We should do that. But unintentionally, we've taken a step back in mission work ourselves when we need to be looking out each and every day of who God is bringing across our path. That's, that is what the Bible talks about, being a missionary, being on mission for Jesus. Our Internet at home has been going in and out recently over the past couple of weeks. It's been very strange. Like a couple years, it's not happened like this. So I don't know what's going on. But it bugs me that something designed to have a strong signal all the time goes in and out. And I wonder if there's so many of us who are, God wants us to have mission on our mind all the time. And we're in and we're out. We're in and we're out. No. no. We, we need to have that missionary mindset and that light never be, needs to be red it needs to be blue right it needs to stay on it needs to stay active and be ready outside of these walls for what god is doing because he doesn't just work in here he works out there works out there need to be ready to share the good news matthew four nineteen says come follow me jesus said and i will send you out to fish for people 
I love Jesus because there's really no surprises with him. If you want to follow me, I want you to follow me, right? I want you to come to me. But, but know this, before you do, I'm going to send you back out to fish for people. I'm going to die for the world. I'm going to die for the sins of the world. And I want you to go out and I want you to tell the world about me, about what I did, about my love for them. You can follow me if you're willing to do that. Right? There, I know a lot of us are planning on going to the beach soon, or maybe you already have been. But if you go to the, to the beach, to the ocean, and you look at the waves going out and coming in, that's the way our lives need to be with, with Jesus. There's an ebb and a flow. We need to be going in and moving close to Jesus. Come to me, right? Um, we, we need to be strengthened and ministered to by him. But, man, we need to make sure that we go back out. Come in when we need to. Go back out. Come in and go out. There's a rhythm to that. Some of y'all got rhythm. A lot of you don't. But that's the rhythm of a Christ follower when you look at his disciples and what he did with him, in and out. Hey, we need to huddle for a minute. I'm going to send you out. In and out. Hey, we need to talk about some things. In and out. Hey, you're struggling in this area. In and out. That's how it works. We need to make sure that we are doing that to come to Jesus, follow him, and go out. Luke 9, 2 says this. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. kingdom of God is what we are to proclaim but that kingdom has a king the king of kings is Jesus that's what we are to proclaim not just speak, not just say but to show to live to be an example, to be the image of God to this world the first thing that Jesus said the first thing that John said when he announced Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is near that's what our lives need to say to the world. You know, with the pandemic, this amazed me when I thought about it. Because it could be the first time in history that the entire world at the same time, you know, with technology and the way that news travels today, was focused on a cure. It blew me away. I never thought about it that way. Historically, if you look at it over time, this is the first time in the entire world when the entire world said, oh, we got a problem. We need a cure. The truth is, the world does need a cure. And you have it. You have it. Jesus, he's the cure for sin. He is. And the world is looking looking for that. It says here, heal, heal the sick. Anybody ready? Ready to go? I'm ready. Do you believe what scripture says? Let's take some healing out there, right? I want to do that. I want us to be that church that the Bible talks about and the gates of hell will not be able to stand. Hey, let's, we don't set back. No, we go. We're moving forward. There's people out there that need healing. There's people out there that are hurting that need to be comforted. There are people out there that are sad that need to be taught about life and they need to be encouraged. There's darkness out there that needs light. We need to go. Make sure that we are 
going. Jesus came from heaven to earth for you. Came from heaven to earth. Jesus went from Bethlehem to Calvary for you. And this question is burnt into my mind because of that. And I hear Jesus asking this, will you go for me? Will you go? I hope this morning for us, it's yes. Lord, where you send me, I will go. Man, may we follow Jesus and looking for people to show him to. A few weeks ago, I asked you to focus on one person. You know, maybe you're thinking about one person that in your life that, man, they just need the Lord. This one person you can't get out of your mind and you just keep seeing or hearing about over and over and over again. There's a reason for that. Who's your one? Be intentional about talking with them, about getting involved in their life. You know, take, take your conversations and your relationship to the next level. Start talking to them about Jesus. Pastor Chad is working on an opportunity for our young ones, our youth, to go to Virginia Tech for a couple of days. And they're going to serve there. They're going to, they're going to serve at, um, at a church there and do some things just to get them experienced in doing things outside of these walls, doing things outside of our town, to get them involved in other things. This is very early in its uh, infancy, but as a church, we are also looking at a new mission opportunity in Montana. Yeehaw, who's ready? I mean, uh, that's what I think about when I hear Montana. Like a cowboy, yeah, I'm going to have to give me a cowboy hat. But um, this shocked me when I, when I found this out. But Montana is one of the uh, highest uh, unchurched areas in the country. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think that when you hear Montana, would you? But it's up there with the northeast and the northwest. Right up there. Um, there's an opportunity there. And so there's been an opportunity presented to us, and we're still, t- you know, um, allowing that to develop and allowing God to lead. But I wanted to let you know about that. Um, I'll give you details as I learn learn more. And for those of you that go, that have been to Costa Rica, or Costa Rica is close to your heart, we were not able to go um, because of this pandemic. And, um, and we're not going this year, hopefully next year. But here's an opportunity for you to get involved in going now. Uh, Fanny and Marco um, messaged me about a need for sponsorships for kids. You see, the pandemic has hurt their economy down there, and kids are not able to go to their camps. And I thought it would be good. What if we could sponsor some kids to go to camp for a week? She said it cost about 100 bucks for a kid to go to camp there the entire week, stay all week, be fed, and to hear and learn about Jesus. I think that's good. Maybe you could sponsor a kid to go to camp in Costa Rica. Man, in a different part of the world, you have the opportunity to give somebody a chance, a, a child a chance to hear about Jesus. This is important to me, not just because I went to Costa Rica and I love it, but my oldest son, Isaac, he serves on security here. 
he gave his life to the Lord at a summer camp in Wise County. You just never know. You, you never know. You're, you're, you're giving it to God and you're trusting in him to do amazing things. He will. He will. And he'll bless you for it. Where are you on the journey of following Jesus? I know we all have improvements that we can make, including myself. I pray that we would be faithful and obedient to what the Lord is teaching us and telling us today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today and what you've done. Father, we thank you uh, for the graduates and their accomplishments and hard work. Father, we also recognize that you have blessed us so tremendously. Even in the midst of difficulty and a challenging season, you never left us. You've been right here the whole time. Father, help us to realize that Jesus asks us to follow him. Not just to be a fan or to like what he says or what he does or what he stands for, but to live like him, to be like him in each and every way. And none of us are perfect. All of us have baggage. All of us mess up. Father, help us just to realize it's a journey. And you are constantly chiseling us and molding us into who you want us to be. May we allow you to do that. May we see the importance of gathering with, with your people, not for anything else, but for you, for your glory, so that you could be exalted and high and lifted up, and we can celebrate the unity that the gospel brings because you united the world through your son Jesus. Father, help us to realize we need to grow not only in head knowledge, but grow in our love and our faith in you as time goes by. You've got things down the road that you want us to do and things that we will go through, and we need to grow in order to accomplish those things. Father, help us to be willing to do that. Help us to give and to understand that what we have is truly yours. And may we never forget that you gave it all when you gave us your son, Jesus Christ. You didn't hold anything back from us. So may our whole lives, everything that we are and everything that we have, be available for you to use as you see fit and for no other reason but for your glory and to build your kingdom here. Father, finally, help us to live life on mission. Help us to realize that you are doing work out there in the field. And as we wander through that, as we... As we journey through life, help us to have open eyes and open hearts to tell others about you and to show others the light and life that you bring. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.